We live in a different age, but we come from an even more different age, an age where you could put anything on screen and it was totally fine and no one cared at all. <laughs> That's not the world we live in now. So we're talking about some of our movies that we've decided you just can't make anymore and you maybe shouldn't have made at the time. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, I want to introduce my guest, first of all, Elise Willems. Thanks for having me, James. Of course. I was actually, what I should have done is I should have had you off camera and oh, then pulled you in. The... We'll just <laughs> we'll figure that yeah. out next okay. time. Adam Kovic. Hey, thanks for having me again. And Freddie Wong. <laughs> hey, it's me. It's the guy. Hey, I'm hey, back, everybody. Freddy. Hey. Man. I, I have to say this. Because we were trying to figure out uh, who was going to be on this podcast. We knew it was going to be the three of us because we we talked about this topic before. Yeah, I think yeah. Zach Anner was like the first one who was like, if you ever need a topic for a podcast, this is a good one. Um, Ooh, so we've just yeah. kind of been holding on to it. And then and then I was like, who would be good for this? And I think Elise was like, oh, you should see if Freddie would be interested. Well, I just want Freddie in and, anything. And I mean, sure. Freddie and Freddie, Freddie and I our friends, but we don't like text each other. It's not like our yeah, phones we're not buzz. On a textual basis. And, and we go like, hey, oh, what are you how was your morning kind of thing? I sent you a I sent you a message and I said, hey, would you want to do this podcast? It's about this. And within 45 seconds, I want to say, you were like, I'm in, here are my movies. <laughs> and yeah, and then he got into our document, our Google doc, and he started fucking around in it. Yeah. yeah you guys are not up. using the right fonts. You know that there's other fonts you can do in Google Docs, right? Quarantine yeah, yeah. is ruining yeah. you. <laughs> or you've always been this way. I don't know. Yeah, he's big on papyrus. Well, let me ask you real quick before we get started and jump into some of these movies. How are you doing? How are you doing, Freddie? You doing okay? Doing good. Yeah. You yeah. know, we were very fortunate with our podcast and our Patreon that we're able to all be recording remote and mm -hmm. you know and uh for the most part you know it's just navigating that difficulty my neighborhood i live in a very hip part of uh downtown la called the arts district it has gotten a lot like what it was when i first moved in a decade ago it is very mm -hmm. quiet it's very industrial uh yeah it's nice the other day a lady yelled at another group of people she was walking her dog the other people were like taking pictures in front of like there's many walls in downtown la that mm -hmm. people take selfies in front of so they're in front of one of these selfie brick facades angel and wings was, yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah that's what it is there's like f literally four angel wings from yeah. like walking distance from where i am they're all yeah they're all here anyway there, she was yelling at them it was a it was a grand old time here that's that's all the news <laughs> from downtown la beautiful well, thanks for checking in with us we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll get to you later i've been to your place before and i will say it, it got a little late and i was scared to walk to my car yeah mm. so that's that was always like people's complaints but when, when we first moved in, it was even scarier, but there was no people. And I always said, it was like, you guys, you can't get robbed if nobody's here to rob mm -hmm. you. Like, you can sure. just sit around outside. You got to have well, people for crime. And you also have priceless art artifacts in your apartment. I do, actually. That's a big part of it. I can't, that's why I need to be cagey about where yeah. I'm staying. Because yeah, obviously we have knows. the Johnny, we have the Johnny Five Aces <laughs> art there. You sleep next to it. <laughs> I sleep next to it. Well, I wear, since I know it's safe. If it's in the main room, someone could break a window, smash and grab it. I wouldn't have time to. To, to mm -hmm. be able to rescue it, you know, but here Man. they gotta get through me. Beautiful. Well, I, I, Freddie, I, I appreciate you putting everything on the line <laughs> to join us for this podcast. Um, I'm really because we've had you on Dude Suit before, we've had you in Gameplays before. I think this is the first time you've been on Filmhouse, which is a movie podcast and movies. You would think that would be the first like, one that I would yeah. be on. We don't want to typecast, yeah. which is something that I think. 
none of these movies have in common. <laughs> to, to be fair, we have a Zyborn Clock cast that we haven't had them on. We're launching, yet. yeah. We're plan- yeah. We were planning to launch it, and then all this happened, and then mm-hmm. we had to put it on hold indefinitely. So I will say, I will say, it's good that this topic is this topic because normally, like you know, because I'm working in the film industry, I kind of reserve a lot of opinions I have for things <clears> that are out, you know, <throat> newer stuff. You know, because the worst case scenario, because like I learned this lesson the hard way because Halo, the you remember the Halo web series, uh, mm-hmm. Don Reach or whatever. Forward, forward onto Dawn. Dawn. Forward onto Dawn. Yeah. Sorry, it was Halo so, Four. Forward onto Dawn. I yeah, had to so say I, that specifically. I thought so I thought I was being a clever dude, and I was like, and I was like, this is a boring web series. I didn't think it was that well done. And I said, oh, forward, more like forward unto yawn. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> high fiving you. Three years later, I was in a meeting, and oh. the person sitting across from me was like, so forward unto yawn, huh? You know, I worked oh, on that, and I was like, no. oh, damn it. So that's why I try not to say anything about movies that are like stuff that's out now, but old stuff, mm-hmm. all good. And video game stuff, I can be so spicy with my video game opinions because I don't work in the video game industry. I got nobody, to, I got nothing to prove. Oh, and you worked on absolute trash when you did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the perfect person to talk crap about video games. We're going to get into these movies, I swear. But one last thing, just because we're on the topic, you tweeted out recently a clip of you at the Dice Awards, I want to say. <laughs> oh, yes. Making a, yes. Uh, a Duval magic joke. <laughs> and no one reacted. <laughs> no, they reacted. They were very, very. They were like, uh, well, was, I, I was hosting the Dice Awards, and we had this. We had a bunch of jokes. They had jokes, and then mm-hmm. I was like, these jokes are kind of bad. I want my my people's, you know, Will, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, uh, Brian, people who wrote VGHS. Like, we, we were all working in the same place at the time. Like, let's you guys punch these up for me. And mm-hmm. they were like, you're not using any of these. And then I was like. I'm, there's one of these jokes I'm going to use, even though it's not on a teleprompter. And it was it was a Randy Pitchford joke because I worked on Aliens, Colonial Marines, and the joke was essentially, you know, welcome Randy Pitchford on stage. His company uh, finished, actually finished Duke Nukem Forever and almost finished Aliens, Colonial Marines. And <laughs> the reaction in the room was like people were like, oh, because it wasn't a roast, apparently. And that's why I've never been allowed to <laughs> host mm-hmm. anything ever again. Oh, uh, well, you can come on card, and host. Baby. Anything we ever do ever, if you get that hosting itch, please host anything. <laughs> we we oh, appreciate your fearless opinions. Only if I can dunk on the video game industry. But we're not Absolutely. here to talk about video games. We're here no, to talk no. about movies. Let's dunk on some movies, or I don't even know if it's dunking. I don't know. I just want to be clear before we get into this. We'll go, we'll go around the horn, and each person can mention. We kind of have a top five. We each pick top five <clears throat> movies that we think you can't make today and maybe shouldn't have made then. But um, I just want to be clear, this is a safe environment. I'm not speaking necessarily for anyone that might see this video or hear this video. But this is a safe environment. You can have fondness for these films. Oh yes, I do you can, for many, You can many absolutely movies. adore these movies. What we're trying to do though is acknowledge that there's certain things. Oftentimes it's the humor. Sometimes it's not. It's just the concept alone that is not okay. And watching it in 2020, you're like, how, who thought this was a good idea? And there's a lot of people that make movies and everyone was on board with this. My goodness, the times have changed. We should specify like the way that they can't get made today is not because, uh, you know, of the tech or anything. It's we're, we're speaking specifically to the content is risque or insensitive in a PC climate. Well, there's so we're yeah. saying that you know in today's like woke 2020, you couldn't make these movies. It's, it's like almost audience tolerance for sure. how far things can go um, in a lot of cases. And and 
yeah, to your point, like a lot of these movies I really love. Mm-hmm. And well, I think maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving. Like I I don't necessarily fit into a bracket of a lot of people that might be uh, offended by mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes in some of these movies. Oh, yeah. I, so in my in my privileged bubble, it's like, yes, I'm able to like laugh at a lot I, of this. I should I think I think all say. four of us, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think all four of us are the garbage people. Yes. Who like <laughs> we first judge whether or not if it makes us laugh and then we judge whether or not what the social impact of our laughter is sometimes. Um, and that's not always healthy, but I think all of us are also good people who are aware of that and then, you know, try and consider to, that yeah, in our opinions. And, and to me, it all it all comes down to awareness of it, right? It's one thing mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this thing is funny, and then you just stop there. It's another to be like, oh, this is funny, this thing made me laugh. But you're also acknowledging, like, and I, I see where, you know, this is not a, you know, this is not a good depiction or this is a shortcut they're taking or this is a stereotype they're playing off of. Mm-hmm. You should never, I always believe you should never feel bad for laughing at something because that's a human reaction. That's an emotional reaction. That should not mm-hmm. be something you can really have any conscious control over. But the parts that you do have conscious control over, you should do your best to understand it because, you know, that's just, that's just being yeah. a more aware individual. And I think that that's yeah, a good thing. I agree. Well, uh, let's let's just go ahead and jump in. Elise, do you want to kick us off with your one of your f- top five or whatever? Again, no no particular order, but do you want to kick us off with your film that you put on there? Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I think we're going to see a trend across these, which is Richard Pryor. Um, <laughs> one of my movies is uh, "See No Evil, Hear No Evil," wherein him and Gene uh, Wilder play a bumbling duo. They were often paired together in films. And uh, one of them is blind and one of them is deaf. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's the My cl- classic odd couple situation. Hey. This movie makes me la- laugh a lot. Oh, it's hilarious. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Most, but I it's, can't also, it's also like, you know, it's not like deaf people or I blind can't. people have changed at all no. or like the cultural significance of them has like there's certain things like you know gay marriage and things like where culturally the world has moved together in a different place of tolerance and acceptance blind people and deaf people are the are the same like yeah. our society's acceptance of blind hasn't changed yet this this movie <laughs> acts as though there's they're like someone had to describe to richard pryor and gene wilder what a blind person and a deaf person was because it's almost like they had no idea (laughs) um but man yeah it is it's brilliant well this is one of those movies too where you know the premise came up at a bar or it was just a couple friends having fun and then the part happened and went we still have 30 you know 60 more minutes of a movie to shoot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do we do once Mm -hmm. we exhaust the premise, which is I can't see and I can't hear, but together, but together, (laughs) but like that's that fundamental, like duology of like one person doesn't have X, the other person doesn't have Y, but to come with their powers combined, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's like, that's like film one Oh one. That's like, like that's like conflict one Oh one. Like, yeah, there's the, so it's funny because I remember this was always on like the Comedy Central when we were growing up, right? This was the Comedy Central like go to for the longest time, right? You guys remember that? Hmm. 
It was on this TV. Movie? Just con- yeah, constantly. I, this movie was on TV. So for some reason, I never got this one in my childhood rotation. I got a lot of Silver Streak, which should also probably be on this <laughs> also on this list. Another Richard Pryor, yeah. Gene Wilder film. Um, but uh, I got a lot of Silver Streak, but I didn't get this. I mean, we didn't watch this. We watched this. Oh yeah, as as an, as adults. I don't know if you had seen it, but I had never seen it I before. I had. Um, but I, I also think like these are comedy legends too mm-hmm. that you're dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, who pushed every boundary and did everything mm-hmm. that was uncouth and like in their prime. You know who, uh, who's who's our Richard Pryor in 2020? Uh, Probably uh, Paul Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, I was gonna say, I was it, say right? Kevin Hart, but yeah, or <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart, Adam Sandler. Well, look, right, like it is fun to think about. Like, what are the movies right now that in twenty mm. years people are gonna be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I can't believe they were you like right, mock like, I, you fat know I mean? mall cops. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows, right? Yeah. The thing is, I didn't even put Stuck on You on my list, and that movie's pretty recent. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton. We each picked five, okay, and there's still there were still a ton. That I was we thinking keep, of. Yeah, yeah. That, but we should keep moving. Let's let's keep rolling, Freddie. You want to hit us? Well, with, so it's with funny yours? that. So so. You did you change yours? Did you I change yours? Because I just remembered in the same premise. <laughs> Again, this is a 1979 disrespecting Hong the document. Kong martial arts film. Mm-hmm. This is a movie called, and it's again, it's the same basic like conflict premise as mm-hmm. Sino Evil Hero, which was, and this is again bad term now, obviously, the crippled masters, mm-hmm. and okay, this right? one's about two kung fu artists, <laughs> one who doesn't have arms. <sighs> And mm-hmm. the another one who doesn't have the use of his legs, and they team up, and it's just, it's like literally basically the same outline for it, which is yeah they team up and mm-hmm. they become uh, like a, a fighting force together. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like and, a, a megazord. Yeah, like and you know, and I think that film has always it's always been kind of touch and go when it comes to dealing with disabilities of any kind. You know, oh, yeah. mental mm-hmm. disabilities, physical disabilities, and. You know, I just don't think it's one of those things where I just don't think the the populist film medium is just in a place to ever really att- just touch on that in a way that doesn't feel like you're just doing something weird or exploitative or like, you know, it's a it's a mm-hmm. tough it's a tough one. It's a really uh, difficult. Uh, I was going to ask what what's your what's your bigger problem with the premise or with the name? I mean, it's like both, because like right, like fundamental in the premise is like you know, and and, and you know, talking to uh, uh, one of my friends, his his wife is an occupational therapist, and she talks a lot about how it's like a lot of the premises come down to oh, you're not able to be complete, you're not able to live a complete life unless mm-hmm. you have right with 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 said uh, uh, disability, and it's like mm, no, like that right away, you're you're thinking about it and you're framing it in from like a mind from an ableist mindset, right? So obviously, right away, the the name and and like. I feel like, and also, obviously, it's a translation of what the what the original, you know, like Mandarin is, which yeah. is much worse. I think I think both, but this one is very solidly in the realm of yours. There is no way this a movie mm-hmm. like this is ever going to exist ever again. Yeah, absolutely. But then I what's interesting of, though? But then I what? I kind of want to watch it though. It is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. Like the choreography is uh. amazing, and the two uh, the two people who uh, uh, were. 
the martial artists are, you know, uh, were, you know, um, trying to, where is it? I'm trying to are they actually like here. people with yeah, disabilities? Gen- yes, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, as, oh. as, as said, genuinely handicapped. And they were actual martial artists and they teamed up for this. It was just like, which is awesome. It's just like, because you just see the guy who's like, mm-hmm. his hand speed is amazing. You know, it's just, there's just so much stuff where mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, this is really mm-hmm. interesting. But I, yeah. would, I would argue that you, you should make a movie like this today more than ever because in, in I, the age of well let's let's have representation of everyone if someone says i'm a martial artist and i'm disabled i, um, I think I mean, the you know, framing device differently has able, a lot to do yeah. with it right yes, like the yes, framing yes, yes, of yes, it yes. is if it comes from a place of like inclusion or 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 you know making representation then it, it probably is going to last a lot longer but i think having not seen this film and based only on the title alone this sounds more like <laughs> you know, kind of what Freddie is describing, which is an oddities type uh, yeah, it's, film. It's, it kind know? of pulls from this, you know, it pulls from the tradition of, you know, as, as bad as it is, like the Barnum and Bailey, P.T. Barnum, mm-hmm. right, would find, mm-hmm. you know, for his circus freak shows, as he called them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, on one hand, you're like, okay, he's giving employment to these people in society. On the other hand, he's exploiting them in this way. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a complicated, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And so you then give when, me, so then when you the, give me t- you give me two hundred so million dollars and a, a, an award winning script. I will make this movie for you, Freddie. <laughs> Great. Which show is this? <laughs> uh, Adam, what have you got on there? Oh, hey, it's me. Um, I, I started with an easy one because I, I'm pretty sure this is the one everyone's thinking of. Only uh, recently, because uh, Tropic Thunder came into uh, the public. Uh, conversation once again when uh, Robert Downey Jr. went on the Joe Rogan experience right. and talked about it, and that he Robert Downey Jr. said this movie cannot be made anymore, and Joe Rogan was sort of confused of like, oh, why would you say that? And it's like we, he's like, I just got off Iron Man, and then I do a movie where I play an Australian guy doing blackface, mm-hmm. which well, at I think first it's he's so, doing Australian face, and then he's right. doing blackface, <laughs> which I think just makes it so absurd and takes it to a level that it's like. I, I I think we're just at this level now where, yeah, you probably, I don't think you get through the pitch phase of that anymore. And then mm-hmm. I think once you, once you put it into the movie, then it's like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Um, but I, I think if anything, like it's always sunny has proven to us that it's like, you can still get away with this stuff. You just have to be very aware of what you're doing. Well, you know? yeah, I think it's, it's, it's always a weird situation because like if you had your foot in the door, at the right time, then you can kind of go and do whatever you want to do. So it's a, it's always sunny was it started around the time where you could do that kind of stuff. So it kind of like has this foothold on be, still being able to do that stuff. But if you wanted to pitch a show now today that does that stuff, it probably you someone would probably say, get out of here. We're not going to do that stuff. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is tough. Right? It is and, weird. and also, by the way, these days, so much of it depends on star power in the first place. Right. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, like especially on the television side, especially I mean, especially on the film side, like just stuff doesn't get made unless you have a star attached to it. Yeah. And so, so much of it these days is dependent on that. So it's like I in a weird way, I actually do think you could get stuff like this made. It requires an actor of the right caliber to mm-hmm. throw themselves in on it and yeah. and put the and put themselves on the line and what it really comes down to, it's not like the will of the money it's more i think actors are also afraid of putting themselves in a role or a position that gets them in a bad spot right like that's yeah, the other yeah. thing that that really is the that is holding you know uh, holding this from from going 
The way Tropic Thunder approaches it is it's more so seems to be mocking not uh, people of color, but it's mocking an actor that will go to extremes to method act. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that intention. I'm not a person of color, so I cannot really speak <sighs> to whether this is insensitive or offensive. Like it really, you know, if, if someone of who is a person of color feels that way, like they have every right mm-hmm. to feel that way. Yeah. But mm. it to me, it does seem contextually a little bit different than just being like, oh, we're doing blackface for the sake of yeah. making fun of a people. No, mm-hmm. it's like, no, it is, it's making fun of this guy. And I think the movie tries to be aware of that, wherein like the other member of their team who is a person of color, like calls him out on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a, they have, they have essentially know. the straight man sort of like, like, like uh, a sanity check, you know, mm-hmm. sort of functions that way as a character, which is, again, I think, I think it's important, you know, because I think, you know, thinking about like I think a lot about these days as as a Chinese guy, like Asian representation is really interesting and where that can go and where that's been. And one of my movies gets into that a little bit, but also like there's this weird thing right now where and and this was even a problem when um, better uh, I think it was Better Luck Tomorrow, just Justin Lin's first movie came out, which is about four you know, essentially criminal Asian kids, and he was getting flack because they're like, hey, you can't portray. Asians in this negative light and Ebert very famously depend, defended him at that at that point in some you know big critic screen he was like well why not isn't isn't representation mean you can be villains as well as heroes as mm-hmm. well you know and i mm-hmm. think that there's this hump especially with at least you know just to speak in the narrative narrow realm of sort of asian representation where there's this hump of like we had all of this really bad like ooh like fu manchu evil conniving asian stuff as a result of you know sort of post second world war and during the second world war and sort of all that stuff that's been hanging over us but we're also now in this place where it's like well you can't have just like a bad guy asian because mm-hmm. then it's like well you can't have a negative it's like well but it's right like what you're trying to get to is being able to just be like, it should not be a problem it should just be whatever this, a character yeah. can just be this in the same way you don't think about that it's like oh can we have a bad guy italian is that going to get in the way of you know the italian you know and by the way for a minute don't forget like right in the 80s godfather time that was a contentious thing because there was you know there was all the stuff around like the mob and and the mafia and all that stuff so mm-hmm. this stuff is in an ongoing timeline but i don't know i, I feel like you could it, Tropic Thunder feels like it's a 50-50 for me. I feel like again mm-hmm. it comes down to who is throwing the they're throwing yeah. the ball. Well, I, I think I think besides the the blackface part of Tropic Thunder, there's also the the thing that I thought was amazing that it got away with was the mocking the Hollywood subculture, which you still see in some movies, but not as much. And talking earlier about how like some people in the video game industry have thin skin, people in the movie industry are so protective if you even mock any sort of their way of life. Like you have to do it in such a smart way that they don't notice pretty well, much. I don't take uh, take Tom Cruise's character. Yeah. I mean, he, he represents basically every Hollywood agent and for the average moviegoer goes, Oh, he's just playing a funny character, but it's like, no, he's basing that on somebody with it's giant Harvey Weinstein. He's basically. based on it, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. It's like an amalgamation. Yeah, like Harvey now. Weinstein and like, yeah, but like, but, Add that to the pile of things like at the time it's a it, the movie is satire, right? Like even even there's simple Jack is is an element <laughs> yeah, of that totally movie, too. But again, like that is acknowledging how terrible the actual attempts at at representation of those types of characters are like. I do agree that it's it's like you probably couldn't just walk into a room and say, here's this movie and it inclu- includes all these elements and it'll be hard to convince people to justify those elements. But um, 
it's such a shame because Tropic Thunder is such an, a satirist take on all of those things mm-hmm. that are probably the actual problems with the rest of the movies that are on our list, you know? So, and, you know, and I will say this, having had a little bit of experience and obviously not naming names or anything like that, but one of the things I have found looking at screenplays and like <coughs> talking to various producers of, of <coughs> random levels, um, don't ever underestimate that there is a very broy like culture still in a at lot the top, of places. Especially, yeah. And the and it's it's weird how like I've seen projects go way further than I would think they would go, and it was comes totally just from the strength of a producer who's like, yeah, man, this is awesome. Oh, dude, this is gonna be sick. And then the, and then some other producer be like, yo, this is gonna be great. We're gonna get this person. And he's like. You guys, nobody's thinking about, okay, all right, I guess mm-hmm. this one, yeah, yeah. I'm not in the place to really, you know, it's not my project, but it's like, wow, there, this one mm-hmm. just keeps on chugging along and it's this, gotten this, this far. This was your, this was your crippled masters reboot pitch or no. what was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they I, actually uh, filmed let me get in the room with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, I do think that's something that is at some of these films and it's going to be the movie that I mentioned is an attempt to showcase potentially an injustice or an underrepresentation or something like that, but gets so caught up in relishing the yes. comedic potential of satire, that. Satire is tough in that you yeah. don't want to, right? Yeah. So I, I'm going to say, I think this movie is a great movie. You couldn't make it today. The Toy, again, starring Richard it. Pryor. Um, if if you haven't seen it, it's the story of a, you know, uh. um, a lower class, I guess, um, a black man who works in a department store. He's kind of down on his luck. Um, And then this super wealthy kid, super wealthy white kid, is allowed to go into the store after hours to shop for anything he wants, while Richard Pryor, the janitor, is just cleaning up the place and kind of just having fun, making fun of his really shitty job. The kid sees him and the kid was told he can have anything he wants in the store. Oh, no. And he says, I want him. Oh, no. And even in this movie, everyone acknowledges like, well, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. But because he's so wealthy and so rich, they make it happen. They basically go to him and they're like, we'll give you wh- how much money do you want? Whatever do you want? You just have to go and live with this kid for the summer and be his play friend. And ultimately, the movie, the movie, I think, is really great because it, it, it goes into the racism of it all and the kid's father he's like missing a father he's so isolated from the world he goes to military school he doesn't have friends he doesn't know about girls he's missing this whole element of everything in his life and this stranger relative stranger who he thought is just equivalent it thinks is the equivalent of a toy he can buy right um Mm -hmm teaches him about the world. And then that guy also learns a little bit about himself. But so it is going, look, he's buying a black man, right? Mm -hmm. That's the premise. Um, But But the movie... Yeah, I think it comes... It's interesting because it's like, I I could see that you're right, but like I could also see it's like with the right person putting their weight behind it, I could see them making that. Because again, it is it is incisive commentary. It depends on the angle you take, right? Well, I I guess guess the the thing is, though, is that... If they made it now, it probably wouldn't be as slapsticky fun because yeah, most yeah, of yeah. the uh, gags in that movie are all like, "Isn't it so hilarious that they own a black?" It guy? would be Jordan Peele making it as a social horror movie. Oh well, yeah, it would probably be what yeah. it would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. of like a kid exactly that right. tries to buy this person and they have mm-hmm. enough money because of inequality to yeah. do that. 
Because it comes am... down to. Oh, sorry. Go oh, sorry. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. You no, go sorry. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say I was disappointed in James's answer because I thought it was <laughs> toys are Sorry, uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't know this movie existed starring Richard Pryor. It actually sounds like a pretty cool concept. It's a great uh, movie. Starring I, Richard Pryor because knowing Richard Pryor's background and yeah. his... his, his uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just for his contributions to the comedic world and... Uh, the mm-hmm. the race related comedic world too is like oh my god like I want to I want to see what he does with this I didn't know this I, movie was a thing it's oh. it's a fantastic movie and I think a lot of these movies are all great movies I think I just think that there's something to be said about you couldn't make it now today or at least you couldn't make it like that it couldn't relish the fun of it all of the f- fun and hilarity of this rich white guy owning a black guy so um, but. We're going to pick up the pace. Everyone went around and gave one, but it's we're, we're burning through a little bit of time. So we're going to pick up the pace and we're going to keep going through the rest of our films. But real quick, I want to let you guys know about our sponsor, Hims. Hims is a health and wellness brand that helps guys look their best and for good reason. Did you know that 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35? Once you've noticed thinning, it can be too late. You may have already seen your hairline slowly receding backwards or bald spots forming. The solution is forhims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have plenty of hair. It may sound crazy to think about, but thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. This means no sneak oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Hims promotes prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows that some health conversations involving men are easier online than in person. You don't have to go to an awkward in-person doctor's visit if you don't want to or wait in long pharmacy lines if it's more convenient to do it in your own home. Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. Just answer a few quick questions, then your doctor will review your responses, and if they determine that this kind of treatment plan is right for you, they can prescribe your medication to treat your hair loss and it's shipped directly to your door. Right now, Filmhouse fans can get started with their first month for free. So go to forhims.com slash filmhouse. That's forhims.com slash filmhouse. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. And remember, that's forhims.com slash filmhouse. And we're back. Thank you guys for joining me again for our movies that maybe we can't make today, no matter how great they were then. Um, let's just keep going around the horn. We're getting, I think we're right, enjoying talking about these round. too much. So we, it doesn't, we don't have to just say it and move on, but let's just go ahead, Elise. Let's, let's, let's hear it. I'm going to do one that actually wasn't in my five, but it's, it's a tertiary. <laughs> they it's, work so hard to grab B-roll uh, broadcast. Oh, no, no, grab okay, B-roll no, 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 I'll do one in my five. No, you can do whatever you want. It's no, 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 it's with one of my, my uh, heroes, like literally top five comedy heroes is Steve Martin in the jerk. I was born a poor black child. It's such a fucking good joke. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And then this, this, this ignorant and just oblivious man, um, <laughs> not, uh, you know, 
realizing, not having this real, like having to be told mm-hmm. by his family is just so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. funny. A, a beautiful idiot. Could you could you do this joke now? Maybe. I, Maybe. I Steve Martin could. We we uh, Jess and I watched this movie recently. It's one of her favorite movies. I saw it once when I was a kid, and I was like, yeah, I wonder. And yeah, re- watching it in the year twenty twenty, oh you're like, God. oh oh my. Uh, <laughs> but my my thing was more of like, how do you pitch a movie like this now, where it's like, it's Steve Martin, and it was like, what does he do? He just kind of goes places. Like he eventually we don't gets have people. We don't have people like that anymore, right? Yeah. Like Jim yeah. Carrey was like the last guy that it was like I can put Jim Carrey and whatever the concept is, I'll buy it and mm-hmm. I get it, right? It's like right. we don't have that level of comedian like movie star. Well, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a level of comedian that is so well rounded. So they're a comic, they're an actor, they're a writer. Their timing is just impeccable. They have charisma. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is getting rarer. I think maybe you could someone like a Will Forte maybe. You could put in a, a Bill Hader in, in a jerk role. Bill Hader is an amazing yes. actor. He's a See, amazing comic. See, like, like there what? was, there was always. So one of my one of our good friends, who's a producer, has a rubric that he uses for movie stars, and he, he's always said this. He's like, a person is a movie star if guys want to be their best bud mm-hmm. and women want to sleep with them. That yeah. is like the key. It's like you need to have that kind of charisma and energy, and like. It's like Bill Hader. It's like, yeah, I could see like being buds, but I feel like he's not like that attractive compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, like even because like that's what that's what this era had. That's what like the Steve Martins and even, you know, arguably even the Jim Carrey's and stuff. Those guys like they had sort of this weird, broad appeal. And they've tried, by the way, like they've tried to get like um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Chris. What's his Chris? uh, uh, Chris Pratt. The the Hemsworth, the Pratts, the Evans. They tried Mm -hmm. to get Chris Uh, Pratt. Right. But it's like, Mm -hmm. eh. Mm-hmm. He's he's close, but he's, he's close, missing but the yeah he's missing the char- the charisma. Like he that's the thing with Steve Martin. He's he's he was this all around character. And yeah. yeah, like but and yes, definitely had sex appeal for the Elises of the world who like the grandfather look, especially when they. <laughs> I when, well, I think funny guy. I think I think Steve Martin was also kind of the end of the vaudeville era, yes. right? Where so, where the, someone you know, came up, brothers, and it was like performance art. Yeah, like they went yes. on tour for a live audience, and they wrote their like you said, they wrote their own stuff. They came up with their own characters, and they performed all their stuff. They filled in all those gaps, like Monty Python and stuff. And now it does seem like people have settled into roles. I feel yeah. like. Freddie, you would have way more insight into this than I do, but I feel like some of it has probably to do with maybe the packaging of how agencies like, yes, hundred like they want people in buckets so that way they can put buckets together and then triple their mm-hmm. triple their fees. Yeah, they or can whatever. get more people in on on that, and yeah, the, you know, and this and the tradition of vaudeville, which starts with you know, I mean, it, was, it starts with the vaudeville era, and that's all your silent film stars, that's your Chaplins, that's your Keatons, like mm-hmm. those types of people are few just feel rarer and rarer these days yeah mm-hmm. i would say john mulaney is a little bit of a, a throwback to that i don't know that he has maybe like leading man power we saw that with the There's fails also- mulaney <laughs> but you know <laughs> but what, I, and the other thing that they all bring to it you know when i look when i when i look back at that at that group of people is also a physicality right like steve martin mm-hmm. has a physicality in yes. the way he moves that is mm-hmm. again like you just people like Actors, when you hear about actors, you know, putting clauses, being like, oh, I don't want to get punched because I'll look mm-hmm. bad. And it's like Steve Martin would not is not it's, afraid of looking bad. And that's kind fearless. Of fearless. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you need for this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's well, a far cry from the, the Buster Keatons of the world that were like, 
jump in front of the train buster and he's like yeah i guess and he's like did you get it no well, there was no, no film in the buster, camera Do buster keaton says i'll jump in front of the train that's that's the difference mm. buster keaton goes you know what would be great if mm. i jumped in front of a train and everyone's like all right i'm just gonna crank this camera you <laughs> that's what you want to do bud um freddie freddie what do you got um so here's one blank check mm. okay for a couple of things for a couple okay. of reasons number one i know it's it's the uh, number one checks and the premise of that movie is so preposterous to Mm -hmm. get there because it's Mm -hmm. like not only is this kid depositing a blank check without it it also happens to be at the bank where there's a crime thing going on so the guy (laughs) in the bank thinks the crime is going and that's part of the it's like there's so many like hoops they have to jump through just to get this kid Mm -hmm. a bunch of money one kids don't understand what banks are they don't know what checks are everything's direct deposit they don't get what that they don't get what that means but two (laughs) his relationship with the grown ass adult woman is like there is just there's no it's like an 80s comedy like thing where it's like wouldn't it be funny if like the kid and it's like the hot lady it's like you can't do that well this is a problem that you have seem to have consistently because you also have big on your list oh big is also part of this mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. both this and big suffer from the same problem which is like ah cool fun quirky quirky premise what about mm-hmm. if a mature woman yeah. seduces this ch- human child but like, well okay yeah but only <laughs> that's the difference though in blank check it's it's an actual child and big he's just has the mental capacity of a child <laughs> he doesn't know what's way going on this debate that, if you want to get into this I, debate. I, I don't friend, know which but. one is worse. <laughs> I know. They're, to me, they are both ones where you're just like, when you're watching, it's like, isn't this a kid, though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Big big is, I don't know if that's a, a victimless crime. No, there's victims. There's... <laughs> I don't know. It's, but I mean, you know, it's all coming from those broy executives. Like, dude, wouldn't it have been so cool if you got to be a kid and you get to be adult and you bang the girl and you get to be a kid again? And they high five each other, but it's the same guy. Well, which is it's weird. like it's the Freaky Friday model. It's the kid, you know, kids love watching other kids be adults. It's like something like you know, it's why yeah, Home oh, yeah. Alone was so successful because little kids want to see another kid in this fantasy that's doing things that oh, only grown-ups do. Or Kids why don't Power do. Rangers Turbo was not successful because no one wanted <laughs> to see that kid as a Power Ranger. Oh. <laughs> Good point. Also, Home Alone, there's not a scene where he goes to a bar and hits on Bangs chicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. There's not a lot of romance in that. Not a lot of romance in that. But they always write, like, all these movies always felt like, these comedies always felt like they had to throw, like, a romance element. And then at a certain point, you're just like, oh, really, though? Okay, I feel right. like those things are for the adults, because they wanted everyone to see this movie. So they were yeah. like, let's make a movie which has the kid identifier. But then we also know that there's going to be a bunch of adults that are going to want to bang this chick. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like, let's make sure that's in there, too. I thought you were going to. Uh, so I, I thought you're going to your criticism of blank check would you were going to say that Blake Snyder's beat sheet doesn't hold up in our untraditional <laughs> uh, filmmaking forum. But. Uh, if o- I would only, I would say that if I wasn't seeing every screenwriter and every Starbucks, like referencing it on the side with their, as they're writing their screenplays, I feel you like it's alive that cat. and well, you got that cat's got to get mm-hmm. saved. Uh, Adam, what do you got? You have an interesting uh, one here. I chose Batman forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? Be- well, because Batman Forever, I think, was at the height of who cares with superhero movies. They're making lots of money. We can do whatever we want. Source material will be damned. It, and they were awarded for it, basically. Applauded, if you will. They said, oh, my God, look how crazy you got with it. 
there were obviously the the true to life Batman fans were like, uh, this isn't my Batman, but I'll I'll go along with it. And then it wasn't until Batman Robin when it you know they stuck it in just a little bit and said, is that okay? And then they just went hard. Uh, <laughs> is when everyone got upset. Mm-hmm. But I think now, especially the way source material is hand handled, you could never do a can. You could do you can get away with silliness, but it still has to be true to the source material. You can't just, do campy with regards to superheroes anymore, period. I, I don't think mm-hmm. any of them, no. Even though some of them would probably do Benefit better. from it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, like, like Fantastic Four is probably a better, ver, better thing to do camp with, but like maybe like a, a modern Brady Bunch uh, angle, you know, sort of thing, like the Brady Bunch movie, but... Just looking at Batman Forever, there's so many moments. If you rewatch it, we talk about it constantly on Funhouse. But it's like, it's one of those movies that the more you watch it, the, if you watch it over and over, you just every time you're like, how did they say yes to this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just shot after shot, and then it get, it just keeps getting crazier because like people always talk about Batman Robin having the bat nipple suit. It's like, no, it was in Batman Forever. That mm-hmm. was that was the secret suit he was working on. That he said, it's the prototype. Is it ready? Well, we haven't field tested. It's like, it has nipples on it. Well, how are you going to field test this? I don't. Anyway. I, I yeah. thought you were saying that they couldn't make this again because they will never, ever find a banger as good as Kiss from a Rose to put on oh, the yeah. soundtrack. I agree. Again. I mean, that, 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 is another, that is another part of a bygone era, too, Oh, the right? movie soundtrack era, right? Yeah. We're like, mm-hmm. it, but it, it's the music video comes out on MTV or VH1 or whatever, and it has parts of from the movie. the movie. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's that it's a trailer. You're watching marketing in action. And it's also from seal who's on Warner brothers record. So it's like this perfect synergistic monster. This that is like, a capsule. Yeah. They have a bygone era and tone that yeah. I think we're fortunate that we got mm-hmm. and that we live. Oh no, I'm, we, I'm we, so happy. The McDonald's yeah. commercials too, with the cups. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we'll say the new Sonic movie kind of starts to approach some of the camp, but that's 100 percent just Jim Carrey bringing yes, and it I, in. You know? Yeah, I think Jim Carrey just wears the camp, and it's if mm-hmm. you have Jim Carrey, you're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, Batman Forever, I salute you. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with uh, with mine, which I thought was on Freddy. When I saw Blank Check, I was like, oh, I was gonna put that, and I was like, no, I'm putting Blank Man. Blank man. Well, you have two sides. You have two sides of a coin in yours. You have blank man and Forrest Gump. Yes. Uh, are those two sides of a coin? Explain. Well, not no. Yeah, I explain mean, yourself. So, so they are, they are movies that exploit someone, this, a the, person who is. Well, I was gonna say here's the interesting setup about about blank man, is that is that they're in, in Living Color, an amazing sketch comedy show from the '90s. There was a character called Handyman mm-hmm. that Damon yes. Wayans portrayed who was a, a person with a disability yeah. and it's kind of unclear what like what it was some sort of central nervous system thing or whatever but he was just a person with disability and he, there was a whole world like a justice league of people with with disabilities <laughs> and stuff like that Ugh. and then and then it's clear this movie seems clear that they went to a place and they pitched it, and then the and then that place said, "No way, we're not doing that. That's not okay." So they they reined it back, and the end result is Blank Man, where Damon Wayans portrays not a person with a disability, but the most nerdy nerd 
ever in existence, like some sort of hyper autism or Asperger's or something. Oh, it's clearly you can see where the premise began. And then and so the even some of his like physical mannerisms are the same. But it's just Mm -hmm. funny to think that their compromise now is still something you can't is something you can't make. Right. Um, And I think Blank Man is amazing. Like all of these things, I think Blank Man is amazing. But it's just funny to think how far that we've we've gotten with it. You know, I do think it's interesting that you have Forrest Gump on your list, though, because Forrest Gump is, you know, a more serious film. Uh, Yeah, I think Forrest Gump is fantastic. But I still think the portrayal in uh, today of of Tom Hanks doing this character. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they kind of establish he's he's just kind of slow, right? And but that's mm-hmm. his charm. And but like, look at how all these magical things he does. Like, I think that you just couldn't make it, no matter how brilliant this film is. You just well, but like, isn't that Oscar bait for like actors though? Right? Well, isn't that, well, that, that, was the, that was the joke. Yeah, Tropic yeah, Thunder. This is Tropic what Tropic Thunder, Thunder's the, the, the mocking, Sean Penn, right? I am Sam thing. Yeah, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and what's eating Gilbert Grape. And you and you can't go full. You know, that's what they they said. It's a whole line in it. Um, And so Forrest Gump isn't it's unclear kind of what his condition is, but he mm -hmm. clearly has a condition. But I don't know that this would fly partially because it's too close to being something that is maybe exploitative or kind of like, you know, strange as an oddities thing. But then also something else that is. Um, not clear enough. Like, I feel like it's a softball and people would criticize it for being like, well, what is, you didn't depict him in any way. He's just this magical person who Mm -hmm. understands the world pretty clearly and maybe seems more wise than everyone else, but is also unintelligent. Like, what are you trying to say with this movie? What are you trying to say? Yeah. Um, That book, by the way, is, I I remember reading the book when I was mm -hmm. a kid and being like, that was a funny book. But then in retrospect, I'm like, this book is bad. Like, this, mm-hmm. you, have you heard the? We can get into a whole discussion of this, and this may be another podcast. But I think Forrest Gump is secretly kind of a bad movie. <laughs> I, well, I think explain so, yourself. I, I agree. Like, I, I don't I, think it's a good yeah. movie. I I think that we used to be at this place where a movie <coughs> can be bad but be made incredibly well, and then people will acknowledge it as a good movie, right? Like yeah. I always say, Jingle All the Way is a stupid, stupid concept. But after it got out of that phase, everyone that worked on it worked really hard to make the best possible movie they could. And obviously there's artifacts of how stupid the concept is, but it's the end result is something that's intensely watchable and fun and enjoyable. And I think that that is something that we don't do as much anymore. Like everyone just kind of agrees that we're making a movie and then they kind of don't care. And then they just do the things that they do to need to get it done. And then it gets done. And the end result is something forgettable. I think the, the, the story is, or the, the, the compromise is that yes, you do still want to be able to tell stories from the perspective or featuring, you know, people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just the way that they're handled. Mm -hmm. And also like there's a consideration for casting, as well, like a movie that, like Peanut Butter Falcon that came out mm-hmm. uh, last year, uh, which does like feature an actor with Down syndrome. Um, but there's like a, a sensitivity and an intent to it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like featuring an actor that has that 
condition. Like it's it's a whole yeah, yeah. conversation well, now. Or, or, well, let me has, let me learn you some history. Okay. At least there was a learn movie us. called The Ringer, starring Johnny yes. Knoxville that did just that before Peanut Butter Falcon or whatever. Well, and I've never seen The Ringer, but my understanding of it is that like it's actually more mocking Johnny Knoxville and like showing that those people, it, like yeah. the, the people it in it, is. are still capable but by the time that movie came out south park had done an episode that was the exact yeah. same thing that was 20 22 minutes and was all you <laughs> needed to tell that story yeah once once again you get into that conundrum of here's the pr- premise here's the concept we're, we're filming shoot mm-hmm. <laughs> we have yeah, yeah. more we have more movie to film it's a it's a 20 minute idea and we're we're at 19 what do we do yeah so, yeah yeah. Now, the uh, thing about Forrest Gump to me that really is impressive that can never be repeated is the fact that somehow this Oscar award winning movie spawned a actually successful chain of sit in restaurants. Yeah, like, you're right. I would never, like, could you, like, if you had to go back in time, like, if you had to pick, you'd be like, what movie franchise, like, without even knowing, like, in this mm-hmm. decade spawned the only successful restaurant chain? You, Forrest Gump is so yeah. low on that list mm-hmm. of what you would expect. Man, I didn't think so that. It's so insane to me it, to it, think it, that, it's, like, it's going on like 45 years now or something. It is so insane to me they managed to make a shrimp restaurant, like, survive and be like a thing mm-hmm. on the same level like applebee's is a thing out of this oscar yeah. award-winning movie well, that's how sure they do delivery hold on freddie there are probably <laughs> a lot of people that don't even associate with force like they probably don't even no. realize it's, no. it's like it, it is like straight up like simulation and simulacra mm-hmm. we're past the point of the thing it's copying it is its own beast at this point it is its own <laughs> entity they're gonna make a bubba gump movie someone's gonna walk in <laughs> pitching a bubba gump movie and they're like you know that this is originally a movie thing right they're like what <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. The Bubba Gump movie restaurant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Psycho. If, so if nothing else, I feel like it should be it should never be allowed to be made again for that for what it's left us with Bubba Gump shrimp. Uh, <laughs> Elise, what do you got? Uh, I'll give you one more. It's the party with Peter Sellers, um, where Peter Sellers plays an Indian man who oh is just completely aloof and out of his element and goes to a party. It's it's a comedic juggernaut like really and peter sellers of course like if you look at his career he kind of has <laughs> he's got a few roles that are kind of questionable you know obviously murder by death where he's playing like a charlie chan type character which is a complete like racist stereotype and caricature mm-hmm. um being there it, it sucks because it's like there's a version of the party where it does not need to be an indian man it's just like a befuddled mr magoo type you know, it really mm-hmm. did. I don't think it really needed to be uh, an Indian man and have like that layer of just, you know, mm-hmm. him talking in a funny accent to make people laugh. I think it's a funny movie with the bits it does aside from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter Sellers, though, is a character actor mm-hmm. and has very is very rarely seen doing himself like he's oh, most I mean, famous for Clouseau, Clouseau right? Is Which is him doing a, a French another, archetype. Well, that's the thing is like Clouseau is a total goofball and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Michael Scott type character. Really, Like you could have you could have had uh, him doing sort of a Clouseau sh- shtick in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of Peter Sellers M.O. Yeah. Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, an incredible acting talent who would never get work today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking I'm looking at the, the trailer for this movie. I've actually never seen it. And it looks like one of those movies like a where they. 
they threw a party and then they're like, we'll get a movie out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just have fun, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. am I, am I watching, what was that movie? Uh, Project X or like the, <laughs> Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's like, I, it's like, I, it looks like the people are having too much fun in front of the camera. I don't know what to make of this. Mm-hmm. Now I want to yeah, watch it's it. A, it's a kind of a weird psychedelic movie of the time period. Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Characters, farcical yeah. character study kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. That's a great pick. It, it looks like they took inspiration from um, Austin Powers, so I think I'll check <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie, what do you got? Uh, so I'm going to throw the John Hughes classic, 16 Candles, on there. And now I acknowledge that this is like a, like a formulative, great, it's a great movie. However, mm-hmm. it's also a movie that has a character um, uh, who's named Long Duck Dong. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. uh, we'll, we'll start with that. That's the whole uh-huh. thing. <laughs> and then also, it's a movie that uses like uh, like um, like non consensual sex as a punchline, yep. kind of. There's a yep. lot of rape and racism and all this stuff in there. And you're like, boy, oh boy, oh boy, this one. <laughs> this it's one of those ones where like John Hughes classic. Boy, boy, doesn't wait. It does not age well. Mm-hmm. It's it is. It, it, I think it is. It is everything good and everything terrible about like sort of that 80s era of of comedy mm-hmm. and coming of age story Ugh. all oh, rolled boy. into one. Yeah. It's a it's a weird testosterone like like a preteen testosterone where it's yeah. not machismo, it's just like I need to grab that girl's panties kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it's a really weird it's charged with it. And I get the point of it is to show this confused young girl's journey through all of that, right? How does she, how is she supposed to navigate this world when she feels so plain and doesn't feel like like yeah. this is what's happening to her? But man, yeah, everything. Yeah, also, that, I wanna, also, I want to point out too, it wasn't like date rape was an okay thing in the eighties either. Oh yeah, it was also yeah. still like you know what I mean. Like it's one of those weird ones. You're like, man, I wonder. It's it's one thing to look at it now and be like, oh yo yo, long duck dong, huh? Boy oh boy, good name for a character, huh? But I also wonder at the time it was like, did were there be like I I have to feel like in the theaters even back then people were like, really, really? you guys, yeah, well, really, it, it's it's the sort of thing like when you were talking about um, Forrest Gump being a bad movie, and the thing James uh, always brings up too with like Steven Spielberg of like being you know a magician essentially with a movie. 16 candles greatest illusion is that they made date rape like laughable and fun and lighthearted. And then, cause in the moment you go, Oh, okay, it's just a movie. And then you think about it, you go, wait, that's terrible. Well, yeah. you're also like <laughs> the nerd got the girl. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. like, but did, did he? And it's also the moment that, that causes the girl to realize that maybe her priorities were in the wrong spot. Like maybe, maybe she should be more focused on these little guys who can date rape her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I just want to toss into this because it's basically it's for similar reasons. Revenge of the Nerds was oh, on yeah. my list. Yeah. Um, Revenge of the Nerds, which, again, kind of comes from the angle of being an underdog story in the 80s. The nerd culture was like, you know, everyone wanted to be the jock, but there was still this group of nerds. And this is the first representation, quote unquote, of the nerds. But it's a very caricature like representation of what nerds are and kind of that college life. But more importantly, the reason I included it was because there is also a a rape sequence in it as well, where one of the nerds, the hero, 
who has an infatuation with the girlfriend of the bully, the guy who bullies them, uh, like with his girlfriend, meets her in a in a haunted maze or something like that during a, a fair, wearing a Darth Vader mask, if I recall, and then she assumes it's him. So then they have sex, uh, and then but then it's treated as like a a gotcha like. Yeah. Like, well, I really sh- like I can't believe I got away with that oopsie oopsie wearing a Darth Vader mask. But then also, like, I also used her to show this boyfriend like to get back at the boyfriend, too, even though she's not related to this conflict at all. And I'm like, like, I can't believe you did that to Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, well, there and you also have a delightful uh, racist archetype of mm. basically around the globe. Um, it's weird. It's, privacy. It's tough though because of, uh, in some ways there's a there's the representation where hey we've managed to represent this this class that isn't necessarily represented. There's a there's an openly gay uh, black man that's a reoccurring. That's one of the major nerds. That's the only reason he appears to be considered one of the nerds. But I can't really think of that representation anywhere else prior to that. Um, which is like a weird, like, hey, good for you. That was terrible kind of thing <laughs> on the whole on the whole side of it. So it, it was that's definitely why I wanted to have that. It in definitely there. and it's also like for a lot of these, when you look back at them, there's also to me a real element of it's like, man, guys, I, I I know you guys are trying to get this across, but also at the same time, now looking back, you're like, nerds as the underdog, like Nerds mm-hmm. run the world. There's, they're not mm-hmm. the underdogs anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Zuckerberg's not the underdog. He owns all of our data. Like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even that archetype immediately doesn't even work anymore. Yeah, but yeah, even in the movies, though, it was always like, but the nerds are cool, and in the end, they get the girl. And seven more movies. So who's <laughs> laughing now? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw out a, a handful too that you guys can discuss in the comments as well. So we won't have time mm-hmm. to get to them all, but they're worth mentioning. Blazing Saddles, Shallow Hal. Do you want a man? American <laughs> Pie, Birdcage, Birdcage only because I think we're all maybe more socially conscious now. And the son in that movie is so shitty. He sucks. Like, and and mm. I feel like now he made that movie, and uh, this son who is like so ashamed of his his gay father and their yeah. lifestyle. Like, we'd all be like, that guy's a douchebag. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have these rich parents that have yeah. taken care of you your whole life. You can't even acknowledge them. Yeah. There was a uh, a Fresh Air podcast with Hank Azaria, uh, and they, they touched on the birdcage a little bit and talking about what it was like when they filmed that. It's actually really, uh, I recommend listening to it. Uh, he mostly talks about his show, Brockmire, but, and a little bit of The Simpsons, but then, yeah, they talk about birdcage towards the end. I thought that was like kind of interesting that they brought it up and, I I think he even says like oh yeah we couldn't make that movie today <laughs> like and he's like I, I he's like I would actively campaign against myself for being in the movie and I would Adam, rather someone else be uh, properly represented. Uh, Adam, please don't character. Please don't shout out other podcasts on this podcast unless they're Freddy's. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I mean, it, I think that that's like one of those podcasts where it's like don't shout out. I don't know. FM radio, it's just so big that it's <laughs> yeah, like it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's like it's. The, uh, the other we're th- so small. At the same time, though, I will say this: apparently, they're trying to do a Tiger King 
movie, and you would think Good. that the quality of the people involved in that, you should be like, These, everyone here sucks, but we're going to do a movie about it, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, okay. It's, we're playing it for laughs still, so I think the, yeah. the, you never know, right? If something's popular enough and people think they can make a buck off of it, they'll give mm-hmm. it a shot. They'll risk yeah, it yeah. for the, for the dollar pay, bills. I would pay anything to see the audition tapes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, we're such <laughs> garbage humans. We're all like, oh, no, no, these movies bad. Give us the tapes. Yeah, give yeah, I mean, tapes. we're rushing Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, what does it say about us? Um, oh, real God. quick before we, before we wrap this up because we're going about an hour uh, I just want to give everyone an opportunity to uh, shout out at least just kind of shouted out some last ones that we didn't get to discuss in detail Adam do you have any that you wanted to toss into the pile uh, I threw in basketball just because the Zucker brothers have made a funny movie in forever uh, Bowling for Columbine just the, the sense of the world and how it's become so common now that a documentary doesn't even make sense anymore which is a horrible thing to say. And then uh, finally Greece, because we need more 35 year olds playing teenagers. <laughs> and I, I just, I, it, it sucks for guys like me. Who's never going to get work. Uh, you know, as a teenager, like a, a cool fifties greaser, you know, who's not mm-hmm. in his fifties. Well, close. I'm just, saying, but... I'm just saying that that's a matter of attitude. My friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to think so, young. So you I got, should get the surgery. Have, are, I, yes. Do you smoke? Yeah. Do you roll your smokes up in a little thing on your shirt? I mean, I don't even see that. You have a t-shirt on. You're not going to have a pack of cigarettes in there. Who are you, who are you kidding? Oh. Oh, do you drive a hot rod? rod? Does there, is there a hood on your car or can we see the engine exposed? The, 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 invisible, the invisible one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Freddie, you got any other that you want to throw in there? No, that was, that was, I got through my list efficiently, but yeah, basically you can take any 80s comedy and throw it on this list and be like, we has, have our (laughs) morals changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one last one that I want to mention is Soul Man. I don't know how many people are aware of this movie. Yeah, but this this is the movie that. That's the thumbnail for this video. This is the one that made me think of this, the, the whole, started the whole list, um, because I feel like it's, maybe one of the worst of them. And it's C. Thomas Howell plays this uh, middle-class white guy who's trying to get into a prestigious university. Unfortunately, um, they it's I, I guess it's a um, African-American-only university. Oh. And how unfair is that? So he comes up with the idea to <laughs> do blackface and enroll in this school and which is focused a lot on, you know, African-American studies and, and, and everything like that. It's also a very well-to-do university and he makes friends and finds a love interest and all this stuff. But the heart of it is is kind of like a, well, that's not fair that I, middle-class white guy, am being excluded from this kind of thing. And so, and of course, his, he has a change of heart as things go on, but it's too late. He's already in the school. And he is, I, I can't imagine, I haven't seen it in many years, but I can't imagine he's appropriately punished for what he actually does. Um, stay, stay gold, pony boy, or whatever um, but shade yeah. of shoe polish you used, you monster. That's a uh, real Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, I would also, uh, no. She, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I do. She yeah. was kind of like a, a African-American spokesperson, but then it was revealed that she just sort of like did used a lot of self tanner and did her oh, hair no. and like mm-hmm. and just. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I would also throw throw short circuit one and two, unfortunately, <laughs> into that um, for the same reason. Um, but also because robotics have advanced considerably since then. <laughs> I'd say I'd say the same thing about hackers, but James has never seen it, so we can't have this conversation. That's for will. another podcast. Um, speaking I, of other podcasts. Speaking of other podcasts, Freddie, where can our, our, our fans uh, find you? 
Uh, you can find us. We got a couple of podcasts. One's called Story Break, and actually had a great idea for a Story Break uh, break uh, this time around. Elise has been on this one. We take a movie idea, we try and break it in an hour. Uh, we this. I think we got. I'm adding this one to the list. We're gonna try and break the Bubba Gump movie. Like, what oh, is the movie? that's great. <laughs> like, how good would that's that be? Awesome. If you need, if you need a guest. He, hey, you can he call me Andy oh, like the back of his hand. I, okay, I love, I love, I love that stuff. When you come on, dude, soup, and we've just done it on the fly. I love, oh, yeah, I love yeah, trying yeah. to let's figure that out. Okay, so just let me know. Let's do it. Uh, the other d- podcast we do is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dungeons and Daddies, which is not a VDSM podcast. It's about four dads uh, in the fantasy world and trying to solve solve fantasy problems with dad solutions uh and they're looking around for their kids because they've lost their kids. It's called Dungeons and the Daddies. You can find that uh, anywhere podcasts are. Awesome. Yeah. That's Freddie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks we for love having do- me. We love doing we love doing shit with you, and uh, we're probably going to be uh, reaching out to you pretty more and more often because this is a very simple way to you don't have to commute. Um, I know and this so, is so much easier. Yeah, just give yeah, me a call yeah. anytime. I love I love hanging out with y'all. Awesome, thanks, man, and thanks thank you me. guys for uh, watching. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you to our sponsor, Hims, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.